Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Iruk the Yen of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfin. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nachvetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestin Echo. Vientolum again omgrev or corn rachtum. Yatakshatorin Graven or Corson, Elistuhalagus Gimina Fracht, Gorokligs or Dukashin Echor. Only Venown, Thordorakshin. Shachten. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. Is it greed? Is it looking at what the most attractive matches are and trying to benefit on the back of that? It looks it. It appears that way. I just think when we go over one down this avenue, pay-per-view, I think we're, we're cutting an awful lot of our, our, our audience off and if they want to go down pay-per-view, grand, you've got to go and pay the players then. The players have got to be looked after if they're going to go down, go to, go down that avenue. Hello and welcome to the Troy and Hurling Show with me, Michael Verney. And this week, I'm also joined by Eddie Brennan and John Milan to look back on another weekend of Munster and Leinster Championship action with plenty to discuss, including Dublin's crucial victory over Wexford, the problem of head-high tackles in the game and the GA Go Saga. But first, John, what did you make of the epic monster draw between Tipperary and Limerick on Saturday night in Parky Cueve? An unbelievable game, an unbelievable spectacle for Monster Championship. I suppose, look, it's Monster Championship that just keeps on giving year on year. Uh, and look, it just it just blows the Monster Championship open uh, even more now, you know, for the result. Really, when you break it down, it's kind of like, you know, when you factor in the five teams, it's it's a big plus for Cork. It's a big plus for Tipperary. It's a big plus for Waterford. But the two teams that would have been looking on Saturday night saying, oh, we didn't want that result would have been Limerick and Clare. The reason I say that is because you look at the remaining fixtures in the Munster Championship, right? You're now saying to yourself, Tipperary and Cork, they have two bites of the cherry left. Waterford have one bite of the cherry left. Fair have possibly one bite of the cherry left. And Limerick have one bite of the cherry left. So, you know, Waterford now all of a sudden, now if you're David Sheridan and Waterford team, you're looking on, you're saying, you know, if, if, we, can, if we can go and be clear the weekend, that effectively could nearly knock Flair out of the chance. Tipperary the following week then against Limerick. John Kyle's going to be looking on and saying, well, hold on a minute. We have to now go and possibly beat Cork and Tipperary. Two big games to stay in this championship. And I did say last week that if, if Limerick get back into Crow Park, I think they'll go on and win the All-Ireland. But their biggest obstacle now is getting back into Crow Park. And now, likes of Liam Cattle, Pat Ryan might be looking on and saying, you know what, this is our best opportunity now to probably knock Limerick out, considering when you have, you're going to be down Sean Finn, we don't know what way Keane Lynch is going to be. Um, and then look, from a Waterford point of view, if they were to beat Clare, they then have a two-week break. And we've seen time and time again, 
when any team that's gone and played Limerick and the following week they have to go out again, they have a tendency to struggle. So Tipperary will be looking on and saying, look, if we can beat Limerick, we've, we, we, we're, we're into the All-Ireland Series. But if Tipperary were to go and lose to Limerick and Waterford were to beat Clare, Tipperary have a, have a quick turnaround then of, of seven days to go and, and face Waterford, who will have a, 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 two-week, a two-week gap. The game as a, as a whole, and I think you can't underestimate the fact that the six-day turnaround for, for, for Cork, where, you know, they had to get themselves right physically, mentally as well. And I think that that may have, may have factored into, into, into Cork's performance at times in the match. But I thought Tipperary were absolutely magnificent. And it just goes to show you, like, Bevan's cattle, you know, Horik Mar, our, our own Tony Brown was up there. Look at the job they're after doing in such a short space of time. The turn Tipperary around in such a short space of time. You've got to factor in where Tipperary Hurland was when Liam Cattle uh, got the job. I mean, they didn't win a match in the Munster Championship last year. They were heavily beaten in, 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 a, lot of, in a lot of games. Well beaten against Cork in, in that last, last game in the Munster around Robin last year. And to go out and give that level of performance Saturday night was just incredible. But as, as a whole, the spectacle, it was just magnificent for Munster Hurling. Eddie, I know you were writing in the Irish Independent today. Uh, the question was, you know, are Tipperary true All-Ireland contenders? Are they true All-Ireland contenders or is it still a work in progress? Uh, there's no doubt they have to shore up the defence. You know, there's no doubt about it. I think any team, you know, we spoke about the last few years and, and if you look at, look, obviously the, the market leaders, uh, you know, for the last couple of years were Limerick. They don't concede goals. They win All-Ireland. So, you know, you, you can't afford to cough up those kind of scores. But, Look, this is your typical Munster, you know, even you can go a step further and say on top of the Munster, the Cork-Tipperary rivalry, they just give uh, in terms of the, the scoring. And yes, it was low scoring enough at half time, and then the game just exploded into life in the second half. But yeah, I'm not so sure, Michael. I think they're, you know, like I said from the start, I felt this was going to be a year. Now, Liam Cal would look at it that way, but I think Tipperary people in general would be saying, well, look, we'll be happy if we have a good campaign, a good, strong campaign, show signs of green shoots, but they've exceeded that. So, um, but is it going to be good enough to win in All-Ireland? Well, the funny thing is, the way the Munster campaign is going, you just never know. Um, Tipperary, it's in their DNA, if you, if you like, to a point, is that once they get out of Munster and that bit of confidence is in them, you know, they get to Croke Park, they won't be afraid. They have a lot of experience in there. They have a lot of new lads, but uh, they have the hurling. And, and, you know, so you couldn't rule them out. But right now, if you're to assess it, you know, John has summed up the way the Munster campaign has gone. And, and from the outset, I looked at that fixture at the end of it. And particularly then coming off the field in that league match where, you know, Davy and Cal had a bit of the old wagging the fingers at each other. I think that's after... You know, this game is alive now, right? Just and there's a, as John said there, if they if 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 Waterford win and, and Tip were to be beaten by Limerick, that's a winner take all. So that's a beautiful finish to a Munster campaign from a, a promotion point of view, and the, it goes right down to the last match, you know, and it looks like Munster is going to be cutthroat right on the last day. But um 
And look, what even even if Waterford were to lose, right? And you know, you say the season has been terrible and all that. If, but imagine the motivation maybe for them in a funny kind of way. Would they love to put a dent in Tipperary season? You know, as maybe a sign up. I don't know. The, the broader scheme of things, they will want to get out of Munster and they have a great opportunity there now. It's in their own hands. But uh, yeah, look, I don't know. I think I think we'll see the next day. I think the, 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 what's coming next for Tip is a real big test now. I think, you know, Limerick have a few little setbacks. There's a little bit of noise now as, as, as attached to Limerick because, you know, they're under the spotlight and everyone is looking at them going, what kind of health are they in? I think Sean Finn has been a major blow to them. But this is a, a real test of Limerick's mettle. So if they needed any little bit of motivation, um, they have it. But they're facing tape in Turles. I mean, geez, don't tell me it doesn't get any more. Or is it? It is in Turles, yeah. So like for Limerick, for the last few years, they've had to measure tape quite comprehensively. So if Liam Cal needs motivation, Jesus lads, this is an opportunity for us to sail into probably a Munster final if they can beat Limerick. We've probably talked about tip there, John, but just from a Cork point of view, like it was a point earned for Cork, wasn't it, realistically? Because outside of that first 15 minutes, they were chasing this game and it didn't look like they were going to get a result for long stages. And I'd say Pat Ryan would be delighted with the bounce he got off his bench, particularly, obviously, Shane Kingston coming in. Uh, Luke Mead made a bit of an impact. Connor Lahan, um, Brian Hayes as well. Like It was a point earned for Cork by all accounts. Yeah, look, and look, we've que- we questioned, uh, you know, the... Cork in, in the past time and time again but look you know the questions were asked there Saturday night and they showed great resilience great character to keep going um, they never threw in the towel uh, you know and Tipperary kept throwing punch after punch after punch and you know Cork just kept coming back for more and more and more and look probably, that's probably the one thing we, we haven't seen from this team in, in, yeah. in our pre- previous occasions where where you know They've down tables, but you know, it, a lot of these car players in the past, you know, probably wouldn't have bounced back, um, you know, after after setback after setback, um, that we seen Saturday night. And great, great credit has to go to him. But as as you said, you know, the impact off off the bench, we, we touched on it last week, you know, that we it, it allowed the car forwards to go and empty themselves, knowing that you have a Brian Hayes. You have a Kingston, you have a Connor Lahan to come in. I mean, Jesus lads, if you're the opposition uh, defence and you're you're hitting the 55, 50 minute or 50, 55 minute mark, and you're seeing these guys coming in with legs, it's the last thing you want to see. You're, 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 you're pulling up, you're doing. pulling up a hamstring injury, I'd say. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. Yeah, it's mad, like, the, the options they have off the bench. Tip got a great bounce as well, Eddie. Like, Jason Ford going off. Tip, like, you, when you look at like their best forward, their marquee man going off as well, you're maybe thinking, how are they going to get a result out of this game as well, particularly with how they, how they started. They got a massive bounce. The likes of Mark Yo came in, Seamus Callanan came in, even though uh, Patrick Collins uh, managed to get this unbelievable Nicky Quaid-esque flick on him. He was cool enough to put the ball over the bar as well. Kind of shows the options that they have as well. Yeah, it is. In fairness, if you had to have said maybe, you know, last year, and I know Shamie Callanan is, is, is obviously the senior forward and he's had a few issues with, with injuries. But at the same time, if you had to have told people in Tipperary that they would be facing into Cork with no Jason Ford on the field and no Shamie Callanan on the field, um, you'd have probably said, you know, where is our leaders? But uh, Jake Morris is a guy that I really have taken a, a bit of a shine to because his efficiency in, in such tight spaces, his skill level, 
And I think the real mark of a good forward is the one that things aren't going well for him. He doesn't get too many opportunities, but when he does get an opportunity, he's able to make something happen. And I just thought he was well marshaled Saturday evening. He was well, he was tightly marked. He was man-marked. O'Leary, I think, followed him wherever he went. And he still was able to manufacture a couple of real scores, like in tight spaces, his skill level is top quality. And I know, look, he had one little wide, but other than that, I thought, because it's hard when you're a forward and you're not getting much ball. And again, I'm, I suppose I'm, I'm going to give the man across from me there a little bit of credit. I remember the year above in Turles where Ollie Canning was doing a serious job on, on John. And then come the end of the match, one opportunity came and you nail your points. And for me, if you're looking to assess how good a forward is, that's the type of scenarios that you want to throw at a forward because forwards generally love to have plenty of ball coming in, be in the game, be picking up a few shots here and there, get their scores going early. So that's one big plus for him. But yeah, look, I think the the overall work ethic that Liam Cal has brought to these lads, and I saw it in Waterford, you know, in, in some of the matches we, I played against them with Leash and challenge matches, their forwards were working so hard off the ball. And I thought the, the work ethic of them, they had a clear plan that they weren't going to let Cork go along and get that movement game going. So they kind of stepped back a little bit and let them go to the 21. And then they put the squeeze on them there. But they're, they're, the work ethic of the of the tip forwards is really, really good because uh, Stakelham, I think, was in corner forward. No, Ryan. And he was in there on his own for a lot of the time, but he had to make very deep runs to get balls. So there wasn't ball being put into him specifically. His job was tips that out of that area in front of the goal and they were trying to work the scores from outside the 45. But their stamina levels are are are, yeah. are 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 incredible. I mean, I mean, look, I know they've one or two players that look, you know, if you run at them, that you can you can you can you can you can put put the burn burners on them. But overall, their stamina le- levels are just really, really at a, at a high level. I mean, you look at um, your man midfield, Alan Tynan. Jesus, lads, he was up down the field, the 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 ground that lad covered, and. He's a real kind of, you know, real old style Tipperary player, like in your face, you know, raw, uh, full of energy, has hurling. And I just think, you know, he's the lad who's really, really making it, making him tick at the moment. And, and, and I said to you, lads, I think the longer Tipperary stay yeah. in this championship, the more dangerous, the more dangerous they're going to be. And I, I, I said it to you. They're going to grow even more under Catlin Bevan because I've seen the level of training. Uh, on a couple of occasions down here in Waterford, it's just, it's just the top. They're just a top, top class pair, and I just think if Tipperary get out of Munster, they're going to be serious. I, I think they will be contenders for the All Ireland this year. Yeah, and if you try and then if you can get you know a Shamie Callan back now, getting another 15, 20 minutes here and there, I think that's what's going to be important. Like you get another good forward. I don't know if people might argue he's probably past his best. But still, he's going to take watch. And if you had him coming in there for 15 minutes out and, and, and get him sharp, geez, he can still be a handful. Well, already the score. I mean, the score, I mean, the flick of the wrist. I mean, lads, there's, there's not too many forwards, you know, can go and deal with what Jamie Callan. He, he, he missed, uh, it, was, it was a great, you know, inter- interception by uh, Patrick Collins. But the flick of the wrist, only a certain calibre of player can go and uh, do what Seamus Callan done for that point. I suppose, lads, the most disappointing aspect of this, and I throw this back to you, John, is, you know, 
this game was obviously behind the paywall on, on Saturday night, much like the Limerick and Clare game was the week before. I wrote in the paper this morning, I think, you know, it's the best Munster Championship that a lot of people will never see. You know, a lot of people aren't seeing these games. I was chatting my parents yesterday. They were hardly aware that the game was going on because it's not on terrestrial television. What are your What are your own thoughts on this? I just, I just feel like, you know, Hurling is a game that we need to promote. It's the best product that the GAA has. And to be denying people the chance to watch these games on, you know, through the national broadcaster is seriously disappointing from my point of view anyway. Well, look, I'm look. I'm one of the lucky ones to uh, to get a bit of work off of RT to radio duties. Eddie was there before from uh, from a from a from a TV point of view, but this just doesn't sit well with me. Um, you know, when I voiced my opinion during the week, and I, I I'm in a total agreement with um, with um, Don Lockyer on on this. It just for me, I just think you know going down the paper view route. Um, you know, my own mother, take for instance, she's 75 years of age. She's a Clare woman. She's she's not going to get to see her her county play in the first first three games. Um, and look, she doesn't have Wi-Fi. She's old school. Uh, you know, and you know, for her to be ringing me up, I, I was on I, I was on the road for for two occasions, so she couldn't come up and watch the game. And you know, for her to be ringing me up and saying how did Tony Kelly play, how did John Conlon play. I think that's that, that, that's wrong, and I, I think it's the older generation at the moment. They're kind of a, a lost generation, you know. They're coming out of COVID. Some of them are still scarred from COVID, and you know, foreign is their life, and you know, it 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 it, it gives them something. You know, it, it gives them something every week to look forward to. And the biggest thing I had when I looked at the schedule, like I was down in Wexford covering the Wexford Antrim game, and I said, right, I'm going to watch the second half of. The Limerick Clare game. I went to two pubs. They weren't showing it. By chance, I got the third pub was showing it, and it was jumping in and jumping out. Um, now, look, I'm not having a go. I think the you know the people who are on GA go, they're fantastic. They do a very very good job. But you know, you've also got to factor in that you know I grew up in the 80s. I was an 80s kid, right? And the 80s were tough times. Eddie was the same, you know. And you know, I can remember back to when. You know, going into another sport, ITV sport, you know, was, was moving over to, to Sky Sports. And only a certain uh, certain elite of people were able to to go and, and, and get Sky Sports, get Sky Sports seen. And, you know, I just feel that, you know, the times that we're living in at the moment, you know, people can barely afford a carton of milk or even, uh, uh, you know, to put, to put bread on the table. Now, you'd say, look, 80 euros, uh, you know, subscription for the year or, or 12 euros. People don't even have that type of money. But you've got to factor in as well the Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi, if you want to get Wi-Fi, it's going to cost you 250, 300 euro for a yearly subscription. So that has to be factored in as well. And what didn't fit well with me was was the three-week gap with no game on free-to-air TV. So you... you and. Who, who I listened to during the week was, and his analogy of the whole thing was Tom Dens, Tom Dempsey, yeah, with a top class breakdown. Of, of, he couldn't, have, he couldn't have said it any any better. Right, you take it. Right, we had the World Cup back last December. Right, the World Cup was over four weeks. Am I right saying that? Yeah, right, but four weeks. give or take, yeah, give or take. So in those four weeks, they, they, would they've shown about sixty games on 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 free day or TV? Yeah, so. 
you think of it, right, the first four weeks of our championship, the first four weeks, there's going to be three games on free their TV, right? And those, out of those three games, two of those games were, were, were water, right? I don't think anyone put any thought into it. And, like, what did they expect? Like, like if you were doing low music, he was put in a position, right? If he wants to hold on to his credibility, like, he, and he's very passionate about the game and, you know, he, he's voiced his opinion before. So he was left with, he was left in a, in a precarious position that he, he had to go and speak up for this. You know, I've heard people saying to me last, like, oh, you know, Don Lowe's going to feel the, feel the rat of the top, top boys in RT. Shouldn't be the way. If, if he feels strongly on that, and that's his opinion. He's entitled to give his opinion. And I am 100% with him. I feel strongly on it as well that I just think when we go, if we're going down this avenue, pay-per-view, I think we're, we're cutting an awful lot of our, our, our audience off. And if they want to go down pay-per-view, grand. You've got to go and pay the players then. The players have got to be looked after if you're going to go down, go, to, go down that avenue. Yeah. Eddie, what are your own thoughts on it? Just from a scheduling point of view, so there was um, the Munster and Connacht football finals were both broadcast live on RTE yesterday. They had attendances, uh, combined attendances of, I think it was 23,500 at the games. So within the four counties involved, there's not that much of an appetite. There was 36,000 down in the park on Saturday night I would hazard a guess and say that the viewing audience on TV for a tip and cork on free to air would have easily gobbled up the two provincial finals. Um, like there's surely a scheduling issue here. And why is it just the Munster Championship, which is the jewel in the GA's crown that seems to be particularly behind the paywall? Well, I suppose looking at what you're saying there, Michael, and those, and those are the facts in relation to it. Is, is it greed? Is it looking at what the the most attractive matches are and trying to benefit on the back of that. It looks it, it appears that way. Um, overall, I suppose, if you look at the GA go, right, and I went on to it there a couple of weeks ago because uh, for the first round, I looked on and said, oh, what matches are on the weekend? And next thing you're going, oh, they're all they're behind the GA go and you kind of go, okay, fair enough. But the more you kind of went and say, ah, look, it's probably just the first weekend. And then you go, no, it's gone again. The next. So look, and then this weekend, you have... Uh, Waterford and Clare is is Saturday night on GA Go again, so um, I think it's 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 very unfair. And I suppose, look, the thing is, the value of you can pay seventy nine euro, I think, and you get the, all the matches that they cover, which works out at two euro a game. But that's not the point of it. Like you said, two euro not overall is not bad. But has every household in Ireland then to pay that if they want to get them as cheap as they possibly can? Like so many thousand people want to watch it. And you're right, they would have tuned in Saturday night. Everybody, hurling football people, Cork and Tip in the Munster Championship, bang, this Saturday evening sorted. I, I just and I think the point just to, to what John said, and I agree with Don Logue what he said last night, you know, a lot of saying it's we're putting these games out of reach, right? It's grand for us, and I'm not the most tech savvy, I I'd put my hand up and say, but a lot of the younger crowd are we, that's that's the world we live in, that's that's the way we work nowadays. But I think of the, the people there that are 70 plus, they're, they're, they're heavily reliant now on their, their siblings or their kids or their grandkids to sort this out from. But they still have to go through the process of all the, the login and all that. But I suppose the point I'd be looking at here is we have people in our clubs and our parishes, right? And they're 70 plus, maybe in their 80s. And I know of one example of a guy, like, and these are the people, right, that, that held our clubs up 
they built our clubs, they, they put brought communities together through the 70s, 80s and 90s. And now they're being forced to potentially, you know, get their grandkids to sort it out and look at a Munster Championship match on an iPhone. Like, and, and they're not, maybe, I know there's all the casting and all that side of it, but I just think it's our national game. You know, we shouldn't be doing this. And, and I don't know who looked the decision makers behind it, but if it's going to be that you're putting potentially the best games on pay-per-view, like, this is not like a boxing event where it's going to cost the promoter 20 million or 30 million to, to, to put this event on. And then you have all the associated costs of pay-per-view, like the, the boxing or whatever. That's not what this is. This is a very small community in Ireland and we're putting it behind the pay-per-view. And I think it's, for me, in my opinion, it's the older people in our society that we're, we're putting that match out of reach for them. Eddie, just on a point that John made there about the potential of paying players if, you know, we're going pay-per-view. Yeah. Is, is that realistic or what, what would be your thoughts be on that? Is that, the way, is that the way we're going to be going in time? Well, if, if you're going to turn around and start making money on the back of players as in pay-per-view, and like if you want it, is it, is it 17 euro a game or something like that? It's between, I think you can, I bought a pack there a few weeks ago where you got three games for the price of two, which is 24 euro. But I think an individual game maybe is something like that, 12, 13, 14 euro. But I do, I, I think you're, you're basically, you're, you're bringing that argument very much now to, to life. Because if you're, if you're the players and saying, well, we're the ones that are putting in all the effort, we're the ones making all the sacrifices and choices and all that to play with our county we're putting in. A, and now suddenly the GA is going to, or whoever to, you know is, is behind it, which is the GA, are going to turn around now and start charging per game. I think it's going to mean that the whole, well, what exactly are they benefiting? We're a stakeholder in this. We're the ones providing the entertainment here. And and what 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 do we get out of that for for our efforts? So I suppose it's just going to bring that argument back out or that debate back into the public domain a little bit more. It makes it very very real. But I just think it's 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 a broader issue. Like it's 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 and Don Logue touched on it last night. It's promoting our game. I mean, like I said, I made the point last week. I met so many people that said they didn't see the games, and that's that's just. That's not acceptable. Like, you know, we want, like, hurling and football are our national games and camogie and ladies football. You want them as, to be out there as much as possible. You want our kids going out after the matches, talking about the Cork and Tip match. That's, that's how we sow the seeds for the generations that come after us. That's how you, you know, and again, I go back to the elderly people. Like, you take people all around Ireland and in, in, in the hurling counties or whatever, Jesus, Tip and Cork in a Munster Championship match was it was Christmas morning, you know, and 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 they're the types of matches that you you when you look at your fixture list, you say brilliant, that's brilliant down the park. And again, I go back to the elderly people. I don't want to say banging that drum. They're no longer maybe in a position where they can get in a car and drive to Parky Cueve and and look by hook or by crook. It's not the easiest of places for access and all that. So it's tricky for them. So what do they do? They sit at home and they watch it on telly. And I just think it's 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 it just you don't want to see that continue. And and again, I didn't see this being flagged early doors, and I stand to be corrected on that. I think we knew GA goal was there, we knew what it what it was about, but I don't think any of us knew that all the hurling matches or the vast majority of them were going to be behind that paywall this year. I I I I think they kept that very quiet. Um and I think that's disappointing. 
I think the nature of life is you kind of de- you deal week to week. What's you know what I mean? Monday yeah. or Tuesday, you see what's on. You don't you don't really be thinking, and it might it might have been flagged somewhat, but uh, you yeah. don't be you don't be thinking that far ahead. I just did a poll on Twitter yesterday, just out of interest. Sake. I said, did you get to see Tipperary uh, v Cork live last night? There was two options. One was yes, I bought GA go, and the other was no, I only have RTE. It was just a close to eighteen hundred votes. Fifty-eight percent said no, I only have RTE. 42, yes, I bought GA go. Do you know what I mean? That's it. So we, we are ostracizing, marginalizing certain people. Like my, my parents would just watch whatever is on the telly. They don't know. Like they came up to us in Mead yesterday and my sister had to put it into the sat nav for them. Like they wouldn't be capable. You know, it's just the nature of it. They wouldn't yeah, be able yeah, to do yeah. that. They're not going to know how to stream a game or anything like that. And there's an awful lot of there's an awful lot of people like that. It's uh it's disappointing, but I think it's only it's only really coming into people's minds now and people are only realising just the effects of it right now, I think. Yeah, that's it. I, I, I looked at myself with disbelief and I kind of was, like you said, Michael, you, you kind of just take it for granted a tiny bit. You go, oh, what's on the way? I know there's two good matches on the weekend and then, you know, you're, you're, you're kind of going, oh, Jesus. So, and I had a child, like, and again, it's my own choice and, and overall, if you were to, like I said earlier, pay 40 or pay 80 euro for 40 games, in the broader scheme of things, that's not bad as pay-per-view goes, you know, in the broader scheme of things. But I think the 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 bigger issue is that we're we're closing it down to the vast majority of society. And I find everyone and friends come hurling the football. And like Don Logue said as well, we have a very narrow window for this. And yes, there is club matches that are now being put on television later on in the year. But the here and now is what we all live for. And we live for... The, the hurling championship and 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 it's been epic so it's been the, like the, the couple of monster matches that unfortunately were behind that wall I'd say a lot of people didn't you know a lot of older people didn't get to see that and that's not what you want because I know myself Sunday evening or Sunday afternoon you love you know getting settled there and watching the games because it's our national sport and look I obviously like the more than ourselves we're, we're very passionate about hurling 100%. Just to talk about the, the action on the pitch this morning, Eddie, we'll just move to the, to the Leinster Championship. A massive game between Dublin and, and Wexford. It was also on GA Go, obviously, on, on Saturday evening. Um, a huge win for Dublin uh, coming down the stretch. And it kind of it leaves Wexford in a fairly precarious position if they're looking to get out of Leinster now. Yeah, it is. And uh, I, I remember looking at the Kilkenny-Dublin match in the league and I just could not see what, you know, method or what kind of structure Dublin were were trying to play. You could see they were trying to put the balls deep into the corners and get Keno Sullivan coming on those lateral runs. But, uh, you know, they haven't probably been really, really tested just yet. You know, I think I think uh, they obviously have their two big games coming up, both Wexford and Dublin, to stay in the championship. So whatever they can get in, the, in those two matches is going to be massive. But Wexford definitely, injuries have played a huge part for them. Uh, they just haven't been able to clear them up. And I suppose if you're in Darry Egan's shoes, when a lad is 85, 90% right, you probably have to, such as the cutthroat nature, once you lose a game. But they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're in need of a bit of oxygen at the moment. Wexford are hanging by a thread. I think what, what ultimately looks like it's going to come down to is which of them can avoid maybe or get a, a small, you know, if they can keep close to both Kilkenny and Galway. But it looks like Wexford now potentially are going to have to go along and uh, and beat Kilkenny in that last match uh, to stay in the championship and and look Kilkenny have, uh, haven't had the best of, of returns down in Wexford Park in recent years but you'd like to think that look if Kilkenny can you know go down to that match uh, 
you know, Wexford need them maybe not needing to win that match. So, like, unless Dublin pull a surprise against Kenny, which looks unlikely, but uh, it's it's hard to see anything other than, you know, a Kilkenny uh, Galway Leinster final at the moment. Um, but Dublin, yeah, it was a big win um, given the circumstances because Wexford came at them strong towards the end. But again, Donald Bork should look. <laughs> he's having a fair season in fairness to the lads. Like, and, and he's elusive. I'm surprised how no team has really deliberately went after him and said, listen, send someone after him and that's it. That's your brief. Just stop him getting on ball. You'd be willing to sacrifice a bit of space to, to stop him, such as his effect. It's a major shot in the arm for me, all done who Eddie, isn't it? Given the personnel, yeah. he's, given the personnel he's missing, you know, John was writing in the Independent on Saturday saying maybe this year is a bit of a free shot. He like uh, bloods an awful lot of players, set beds in a bit of a team, gets crummy and potentially rush Mark Shute, Ree McBride, Keno Callaghan back in. Like it is a big shot in the arm. They, they if they can get points out of either of their last two games, they're definitely true. But you'd have to say. You know, Wexford are going to probably struggle from here on in. So it is a big, um, it is a big shot in the arm for Dublin and Michal Donoghue. It is because I think there was probably what's happening there. Maybe is the Dublin players are getting used to a new manager, which in itself, you know, Michal Donoghue is trying to get to know his players, and I suppose he's focused on that equally as much as he's trying to get results. So I think in in that scenario, it's hard because they are there is a transition going on in Dublin. I think you have a lot of senior guys are maybe, you know, slightly like Liam Rush is, is probably at the senior end of his career, you know, whatever is going to happen. Keno Callahan going away was, you know, a leader in that group. So he had a lot to do to get them really, really competitive. And I think getting them out of Leinster this year, I think he'll be very happy with that. You know, uh, get, a, get a, a dart at, you know, maybe a, a monster team then potentially down the line, he'd get a real measure where he is. And, and But I think if, if he hadn't have, you know, if there was, probably, you know, questions being asked maybe then, like I think it was just going to put them under a tiny bit of pressure, but they needed that result, like you said there, and I 100% agree, it was a big result for Hall as much as the players Obviously, massive, massive results for Kilkenny up in up in Corrigan Park as well, and Galway and Westmead. But not too sure if there's too much analysis we we can do, we can do on no. either either of those results. Um, the only the other thing I wanted to ask Eddie was about, you know. There's a lot of there's been a lot more head high challenges in hurling at the moment, and you know you see clips going around on social media nearly every Saturday, every Sunday, different things that are happening. There was a particularly bad one with with Keelan Kylie in the Offaly and uh, Kerry game in the Joe McDonough Cup. Jesus, ferocious head. Yeah, like his his helmet actually jumped off like straight away because it was obviously straight away. It was either a shoulder to the head or it was head on head. Where do we need to go now in hurling? It's it's like and there's not that many red cards been dished out. There's no point in saying any different. There's not, and I'd say Richie Hogan's probably looking back at the 2019 All Ireland final and thinking, yeah. I, I'm, I'm probably a bit unlucky given what's going what's going on now. Like, do we need to? I don't want to take the physicality out of the game because it's a big part of it. But like, there's very little shoulder on shoulder stuff anymore. You know what I mean? It's very, very no. little. And uh, it's really the shoulder that's coming into the head now and it's getting very, very messy. And obviously there's potential for injuries, big time injuries coming in big time, time too. Yeah. yeah, look, I, I think we have to be utterly consistent on this because if we were to say, you know, if the, we are to be that way, you know, you'd say, God, if, if, if the ref gets a different angle on the Ronamar hit on Fitzgibbon, you know, you'd say to you, say, God, he's a lucky, lucky boy. But, I, you know, and, and, and he should have probably, in all fairness, he should have the, the awfully one on Keelan or Samson, was it? Or Killian Kiley, yeah. yeah. Killian Kiley, that's, geez, it was an awful belt. I seen it there last night. Like, like he's down low. 
I suppose what you have to bear in mind is re- realistically, right? And I was involved in an incident in 2007 where Stephen Lucy is coming out with the ball at the start of the All Ireland. And, you know, I came in, I never rose my elbows or I never, you know, changed my course. He came out low underneath me and I struck him. You know, I, I didn't get out of the way and I caught him and, and, and split him here in the chin. And the reality was, if I had been shown a red card for that, I have to turn around and say, well, there's no point in blaming anyone for that. That is my own fault. The point I'm trying to make here, Michael, is that if you're going to go in there and, and go in and you want to leave one in a lot sometimes, it's a physical game, which we love. The good, honest to God, hard shoulders, the physicality. We want that. And a player, you want to kind of let a lad know you're around or, you know, sit him back or whatever. Shake him up. If you go in there, <laughs> shake him up. <laughs> in the wise words, an old furlong. But, um, but the reality is, if I go in there, I fly in hard giving a referee a decision and I can't complain if that outcome is red so I suppose that's what we have to bear in mind but the, the bigger issue at the, at the at the centre of this is you know if we can borrow the rugby thing is you are responsible to your fellow you know you, you're responsible for your tackle you have to make it a good clean tackle yeah you want hard stuff you want to really you know give a lot of good shot um, but if you go in there and, and you strike a lad into the head I mean that's not what it's about and and I don't think there was any real in Malice in Ronan Marr, but he certainly wasn't excusing himself, which is kind of the game that we 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 encourage to a point. And I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to dilute it down. There, there is a serious issue. We start hitting lads in the head, and there's been a fair bit of it this year. You know, a slapping down across a, the top of a lad. You know, that's not that's not what the game is about. You want to see good, honest to god tackles, and it's becoming. It's just we've kind of spoken about it a little bit, but it definitely has come to a head's apart in that pun now this week. It really is now, and it's something I'd say the refs are going to get a fair drilling on this week. I'd say they're going to be getting a bit of a briefing and saying, lads, we have to cut this out. Um, I think it's, you know, marginal enough. to. to it's a very precise skill to get a fella shoulder to shoulder, especially when a lad is low and he's open. I think that's when, that's the danger. If a lad like Fitzgibbon was down low at that time, he's wide open for a hit there. There's no protecting yourself in the likes of that. And that's where you're kind of, you know, you want the sporting aspect of fellow players, you know, not milling you over when you're wide open like that. I think any of us, I don't mind if I'm upright and I come through there and that comes across on a ramming mission and buries you and knocks you back and hits you on the body. I think we can deal with that. But it's once it gets above the, the neck and, you know, somebody, like, you can get a very, very severe injury. And I look at the hop eight in rugby, so we don't want that to, to creep into hurling and it has. Just the last thing on it, Eddie, and just something you briefly mentioned there. Do you think referees maybe will start looking at things a bit differently now? Will there be an edict coming down from Crow Park to say, we need to do X, Y and Z, we need to stamp this out? Uh, the will, I, I think it has become, there's been a, a nice few incidents now after three, four weeks. There's There's been a right few incidents. Like, and even, uh, and unfortunately, I mind like saying it, but I talk about consistency. Like, you know, Keen Kenny came on last week and left one in, you know, uh, Dahi Bork early doors, like it was a shoulder to the chin. And that's the type of ones that you you, you don't want to, you don't want to see creeping in. And look, I, I, it's, unfortunately, the nature of these things means now is that someone is going to be a sacrificial lamb. So I suppose if you're the managers, more importantly, you're probably saying to the lads, look, lads, we want manly hurling. I don't want you taking a backward step, but you need to keep, get your tackles right. Let's get them right because... You know, if Liam Cal, and I'm just using that as an example because it's the most recent one or the, the Kerry one, if either of those players had to have got sent off, you know, they can have no complaints. And, and, and that's the reality. But there will possibly be a reminder 
but I think it would probably be as prudent to the GA to maybe filter that down to the county board and say, lads, it's up to yourselves how, how players behave. And also, I would like to think, and I've said this before, Michael, I would like the referees to maybe tip into the dressing rooms before matches yeah, and have a little word. You know, say, lads, look, I'm all for facilitating a good game of hurling. I will let you off. But your behaviour is going to dictate how I referee the match to a point. And I think that's a good thing. I think it would be a good practice to bring in because players can have no complaints then, like, you know. Yeah, and you know what, the, the referee is looking out for particular things and it's just, you need to avoid doing these things. I think it's very, very prudent and I think it makes perfect sense and it's probably not something that happens enough in the GA realistically. Yeah, yeah. So, definitely, uh, and, and a good practice, yeah. That's it, so for this week's show, and my thanks to Ellie Brennan and John Milan for joining me. We'll be back next week, and in the meantime, don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast from. Thanks for listening, and goodbye. This is an Irish independent podcast.